There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome everyone to yet another episode of the Bobo and Flex show. My name is Bobo and I'm your host and I'm with the beautiful Flex, also known as Flex Mommy on the internet. Today we're bringing you a juicy conversation about race. We're going to be discussing how race affects us as two black women living across the world, how race affects everyone, um, cultural appropriation, how race intersects with beauty, fetishization, all of the things. So, Flex, what is your relationship with your blackness today? How has it evolved over time? It's a broad question intentionally. (laughs) my relationship to my blackness is good Mm. i'm actively trying to reclaim it after years of uh neglecting it i used to be yeah i when i was younger i spent a lot of i I personally but my mum made sure i spent a lot of considered time in africa learning what it was to be african Ghanaian. Um, speaking our language, wearing clothes, eating food, all of that shit. And then I got to like 15, 16, and then I realized that the rest of the world was finally ready to tell me that I wasn't Australian. And I was like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) So I just spent, after that, I spent the next like five years actively repelling anything to do with blackness in hopes that people would stop associating negative connotations of blackness with me. Hmm. Um, But I wasn't, I guess I wasn't nuanced enough to realize that I could like denounce those negative stereotypes and not denounce blackness as a whole. Uh, And yeah, now I'm, now I'm good with it. And now I'm just kind of like, I would, I'm quite happy for people to embrace me as such Yeah, because it's better than the alternative. Well, do you think there was a moment when you realized that you're black? Yeah. I always told this story. It was like when it was like, I was in year 10, so it would have been like 15, 16. And it was around the same time when I started hanging out with people outside of my own high school. So hanging out with a lot of like white people from the other affluent suburbs of the area we were in. And for them, I was like one of the only minorities they knew, if if not the only. And I'm not talking like um, people of color generally I'm not talking like your greeks your italians yeah. i'm talking like you're like out with ethnic people like i've never met one like you mm. so i realized that to start i was my blackness was referenced quite a bit and my blackness in relation to being othered was mentioned quite a bit and this idea that i had to prove that i was australian imagine? was also a hot topic could you imagine I was like, my family's been here longer than your family, bitch. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you came here three years ago, Polish man. Um, But yeah, so I remember it was like uh, 15, 16, and there was this, we had this thing in Australia called Harmony Day or Multicultural Day where you acknowledge the cultural differences. (laughs) Is it one day a year where you're allowed to just like be fully your culture and it's okay? But anyway. Um, the children in the school were encouraged, like, you know, wear your cultural um, garb, 
bring some cultural food and share with the world. Now you've got to imagine, even though I was from another culture, I just assumed that was like my household. That was like how I was raised. I didn't know that other people didn't go home and speak a different language or eat different food. Oh, I thought we were all doing yeah. that shit. So it didn't occur to me that I was of a different culture. So then I remember one of my teachers was like, oh, what are you going to wear? And I was like, oh, I just got these really great disco pants from American Apparel. So I want to wear those. And she was like, I don't know, like you should wear something like something from like where you're from. And I was like, huh? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, flex I don't really shit. get it. And she was like, no, like you should like, it's fine. It's like, she's like, it's like the one day of the year to like really represent your culture. You should wear something from where you're from. And I was like, I don't really get it. Like, what do you want me to wear? And so like, yeah, when, when I wore like cultural wear, it was like at a wedding, at a funeral, not just like out yeah. and about, you know? And I was like, oh, why would I wear my funeral clothes to school? And she was like, no, like just, you know, like really embrace where you're from. So I went home. And I was like, mom, what do you think she meant by this? And she was like, oh, you know, like, because you're black, you know, she wants you to wear like, oh, no, come, you can wear something of mine. I'm like, well, I don't want to wear something of yours. I want to wear my clothes. And it was this whole thing where I just wore what I wanted to wear that day. But then the whole day, teachers being like, oh, so disappointed you didn't choose to wear something from your oh culture. Oh, my God. Oh, that's a shame. Did you bring any of that delicious African food? <laughs> I was like, what is going on? And it was that day in, in, in mixed with stuff like wow. people just making comments about my hair, looking like a sheep when I wear it naturally, people asking if I could twerk, uh, like all worst. these different things of like otherness was like, oh my God, like I'm really not the same with these people. Then I started to acknowledge it when my brothers would say shit like, oh, you know, I had a racist experience or so-and-so. I remember one time my my brother was telling me that like he had experienced something racist and i was just like maybe they didn't like your personality why was it about your skin color you were that person like that's how in deep i was wow. like when i was like 15 talking about maybe it was about your personality <laughs> oh my god just thank god Plot didn't twist. back then listen oh my goodness like look i'm now that's why i think i'm like looking out for all my assimilated whitewashed Africans talking about like, no, we don't need to do that anymore. Wow. <laughs> like be comfortable, speak how you want to dress, how you want to like, no, we have to revolt. So yeah, that's what I realized my race mattered. And ever since then I was like, fuck, this is fucked up <laughs> because prior to that, because I lived in like an affluent suburb and like went to an okay school or whatever. It was a public school, but it was like in a good district. Yeah. I like, I had the privilege of saying that I was from, the eastern suburbs. No, I wasn't from the west. No, gross. It's from the mm. east. It was nice. And so that contrast with now being perceived as other, I was like, well, what do you mean? I had all this privilege. No, I don't. But, you know, it's when really did you sick. realize your race matter? Because you have a, such a different upbringing. Yeah, I was a lot younger than you. I'm shook that that, that was in grade 10 for you. Um, by grade mm. 10, I was a fully fledged Negro. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> For me, it was in grade two. Well, was that grade two or grade three? One of the two. Um, I had just moved to Belgium. So I was at this British school and obviously the only black person. And I had a crush on this boy. His name is Sebastian. And we were all playing tag. And <laughs> it's such a tragic story. And he was just like, ew, black people are gross and dirty. I don't want to play with you. Just some shit like that. And I was just like, oh, shit. Like, I literally had an epiphany. And in that moment, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm not like these hoes. 
like we're not the same and i'm on the wrong side of the tracks yeah i'm not white like i'm not one of the good ones but let's jump into some controversy um do you are you racist yes or no yeah yeah why do you think you're racist (laughs) (laughs) i don't know you know what uh am i racist let me think about it so i was arguing with my boyfriend the other day as i do (laughs) and he was telling me that black people can be racist so i was like no we can't be racist though and he was like, no, 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 anyone can be racist. Like, all of this, like, Twitter activism shit is trash. Like, black people can be racist. If you discriminate against someone because of their race, it's racist. And so, of course, we argued about, like, racial dynamics and, like, racial hierarchies and societal racism and white supremacy and institutional racism. And he mm. stood by his words. So I want to know, like, you being a black person... In a predominantly white country. No, I'm definitely prejudiced. I'd say I'm prejudiced, but I'm not racist. Okay, why do you differentiate? Well, because if I'm going to judge someone on their race, it's not their race as like an insular thing. It's my experience with that person. Mm, What do you mean? Well, so let's say I'm not going to say like all... I'm not going to say all black people are so-and-so. I'm going to say my experience with that group of black people in this particular experience has been this. That's insular. Oh, okay. But if I'm going to mention their race, it's it's prejudice so, because I'm, I'm centering their race. Yeah. You know what I mean? But generally, no, I feel like any if I was if I had remained a fucking assimilated as fuck whitewashed black person definitely would have become racist. Towards black people? Because to to anyone. Ooh. I feel like as I. Yeah, because as I, on the journey of reclaiming my blackness, I started to see how I wasn't the only marginalized person. And I could talk to an an Asian person and they could be like, oh, yeah, no, I had the same experience. Or an indigenous person, oh, I have the same experience. You know, you begin to to feel uh, more of an an empathy and a community and a like-mindedness with other people of color. I'm talking visible people of color. Not like I appear white. Not like white passing people of color sorry like it's not the same <laughs> um we're gonna so, get yeah, into but that but had i not had i not i feel like yeah it would have been way easier to be like a full-blown racist oh wow because if you can imagine if i from like pre-14 i thought i was part of the like like plain privileged you know mm. what i mean because i was looking at how i was perceived based on where i was yeah living. it was a class thing. oh like you live you live in a house, like not an apartment. Oh, like your family has more than one car. Like you have a phone, you're only 10. Like things like that gave me perceived privilege and actual right. privilege. So had that have been my lived reality for the duration of my life, it would have been like, fuck all these hoes. <laughs> like... <laughs> oh my God, that's so interesting. Well, were you classist mm. or like were you racist? I think sometimes we confuse the two. It's hard to be classist in in a public high school. <laughs> like, I feel like, how classist can you really be? Yeah, you can be like, uh, fuck those people. I mean, people. but I, yeah. But I think it was like, it's, it's how I think about, um, like, the patriarchy, right? How the patriarchy centers men and doesn't think about women. They're not out here They're trying not to, like, well, some of yeah. them are. 
but they're not like their main goal isn't to fuck with women it's to elevate men in my head my main goal was just to worry about right. me so i was thinking about me in contrast to other people but not in like not in spite of them just like you know i had a phone first therefore i'm better but not because i was classes to a whole group of people based on their mm. race it was individual. Okay, I see. Like, I was individually, you know, judging people. Prejudice. Okay, I see what you mean. But you've never, like, like, you don't have any biases towards any one demographic, like, any one race as a whole. Not as a whole, mm. no. I've had too many separate experiences to be in a position to class everybody as one that's just how have you not met enough people of a certain demographic to realize they're not the same but again it's one of those things where i would i'm more conscious of centering the black experience or the ethnic experience than the other because i don't know the other right. experience yeah you know? so you can't but i guess that is that is a prejudice that is a bias that is favoritism and that's why when we get to this whole idea of like whiteness and how I don't like when people are always coming for white people in a bad way. So it's really hard to understand a lived experience outside this of your own. This is what own. I was saying in like the I last only... episode, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but, like, I don't really think people are unfairly coming for white oh, people. Yeah, That's yeah, not what yeah. I'm saying. But I, I, don't think, I can I don't see, see why the journey to... Yeah, I can see why the journey to understanding is difficult because it is difficult to get it. Like, I don't I don't understand the lived experience of, of an, you know, a Southeast or Asian... like a disabled person. A second-generation person. Or a disabled person or a trans person, but I understand discrimination. So that empathy bleeds on into all the marginalized communities. So the same energy that I have for like disabled people, which is honestly like little, I wish it wasn't, but hey, it is. I project that onto white people as well, except maybe the difference is that white people actually have to engage with black people more than I ever have to engage with someone who's not able-bodied but I I -hmm. just think that Mm -hmm. like I don't go about my day thinking of ways to make the world more accessible because it doesn't affect me and so I don't expect that same energy from white people which is why Mm -hmm. I think the conversation about race at some point needs to be replaced with the conversation about climate change (laughs) 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 no one has added anything new and compelling to the conversation about race since like 2008 so let's Mm. end climate change do you know what i mean yeah but i think like coming together to end climate change would require a unity that doesn't exist (laughs) the tea i think actually Global warming will end racism because that is the only yeah, thing. We'll all go. <laughs> I want to also talk about who gets to be black. Um, because mm-hmm. I think like it's layered. Do white people who are African, do you get to be African? Mm-hmm. Um, people who are mixed race, like if you're half black and half white or half black, half Asian... Like, what even is blackness? Blackness is not like whiteness. <laughs> whiteness is invisible. universal. Blackness, nuanced. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, I don't think it's a one-size-fits-all. I think if you can justify your access to the cultural thing, yeah. be free. Like, I don't really care to tell a white African that they can't wear braids. It's as much of your culture as it is mine. 
Like, can my albino cousins not wear braces and not visibly black? Right, no. That's, like, that's it's not right. about the shade of your skin. <laughs> like, not like, not like that's not a good way to put it. It is about, the, it's not about just the shade of your skin. It's about your ethnicity. Your <laughs> but also, mm. and your lived experience. And also to, to understand the lived experiences around you. Like an albino person, an albino African person can justify why they have a cultural tie to braids yeah. that a Caucasian European cannot. But then, like you, but, but again, I know it's like, but the Vikings, but the Swedish people, like I don't give a shit. <laughs> Wear your braids, I don't care. But also, don't come to me as like some sort of ally talking about. I'm like, like some person said to me, how can I like, but how can I wear braids? It's like a person who's aware of their privilege. Listen yeah. to your question, yeah. Babes. Like, listen, it's all there. And also, on the, we'll get to it, but it's kind of like, stop relying on people to form Opinion your of self. thoughts yeah. for you. Yeah, like, if you feel as though it is your right and it's your comfort, then to be, be black. free. So is Rachel Dolezal, is she black? Not to be black. <laughs> no, no, no. To appropriate, to appreciate, <laughs> to insult, to affirm, to praise. That is all your right. Like, even if I said to you, call every braids appropriation, edges appropriation, even if I said it, you would still choose to behave otherwise because who are you and who am I? You don't right, care what I think, right. really. You want to be validated for being a good ally, and I can't do that for everyone. Not even yeah. I'm a good ally. So many of, I'm like such a shit ally to so many communities I need to do better for. Like, I can't make you feel better about not <laughs> doing better. <laughs> Next. Oh, but also before we jump on, I just want to touch on the difference between cultural appropriation, assimilation, oh, yeah, and appreciation. They're very nuanced and different. So very quickly, cultural appropriation is when you take something or when you use something from someone else's or when you plagiarize essentially a culture yeah, that is not your is own. Culture Yeah. Cultural appreciation is when you acknowledge the cultural significance of this thing and you wear it with pride. Mm. you know assimilation is trading out your own culture for somebody else's yeah or your own whatever so like cultural assimilation might be the fact that i choose to wear wigs instead of my natural right. hair not only because Aesthetics. of like protecting my nat the, inter- the aesthetic but also because it's just easier to like snake into these spaces when i'm not uh what's the word i'm looking for afrocentric when i'm not presenting as someone who's like extremely yeah. Afrocentric, it's just easier. That's real. Do you ever think we'll reach a point in time where we're not possessive of our ethnicities or cultures? Or is that no, it's just too far? Not until everybody has a clear understanding of what is happening. So I think the frustration with the conversations around culture or appropriation is that everybody thinks it's just it's just a, it's just a, it's just a, a black problem. Yeah. It's just an Asian problem. It's just an Indian problem. It's just a whatever. And it's like, no, that's not what, what it's saying. And it's everyone's talking about the like braids or the conversation on appropriation. It's just a symptom of racism. Fact, right. Like that's what we're talking about. It's like it's not even about whether you wear the braids or the sari or whatever. That's it's secondary. The, the fact that, that, that symptom. we live in a yeah it's like we're talking about greater racism so we can't even acknowledge the actual root cause like we have still have people saying that they're they're like not prejudiced not racist not this not that like we can't have these greater discussions if we don't understand the root of why we're having mm. them to begin with but the reason why appropriation exists is because non i'm gonna say white people 
or not even white people, people with no ties to culture. Okay, why are you dragging? You can be any. Like you this? can be any person. <laughs> so not even white people, just people with no ties to culture. Because you don't understand the cult, what cultural significance is generally in at, at the core of you, it's hard to acknowledge the damage you're doing when you take from a culture that is not yours and you get rewarded right. for that. But that's why I was saying there is so, no because, use in us telling Kendall Jenner to stop wearing cornrows. She literally doesn't have the range. Like, she doesn't have the intellectual range, the experiential range to understand what it's like to be attached to a culture. Like, so for us to be like, Kendall, that what you're doing is offensive. Not only does she not care because she's self-serving and like she doesn't think beyond what will this do for me. She also cannot understand just the bare minimum of what is culture. Like what? Um, my unpopular opinion about cultural appropriation is that it will never be solved because too many people don't have culture to begin with so they'll never understand cultural appropriation i think in the grand scheme of not only like social issues but also race it's very banal like it's not like so once white people are not appropriating our culture like then what like what what have we achieved there's always more though i mean the conver- like the f- the reason why i don't think it's a conversation we should stop is because people of color don't get to choose when race and conversation of culture don't affect them it'll always be intrinsic mm. so like whether or not like we ever stop like white people non-black people from whatever from appropriating it doesn't matter because the fundamental fact is I will always be discriminated against because of my race, because of my culture, right. because of those things. So I'm just sharing the discomfort. If I need to feel some kind of way by people calling me a fucking sheep when oh, I wear I my natural mean. hair, then you'll feel some kind of way when you wear braids. I'm just trading it out. Like, I'm only being fair. Let's say we can't teach everybody how to understand... Um, Let's say we can't teach everyone how to be critically minded, how to think critically, how to develop themselves. Does that mean we stop talking about it? It's like, no, like we still, we still talk our shit. We still lead by example because eventually it'll instruct change of some point. We might not get to cultural appropriation being fixed, but there might be a greater discussion about how culture intersects with our day to day. And so maybe from then that'll encourage a less brazen. So it's about intent. No, it's about impact. Yeah. It doesn't matter about my intent. Well, I think... Because, like, I don't talk about cultural appropriation so hoes stop wearing braids. I talk about it so they understand that, by nature, these basic little things you think you do that have no impact have a huge impact. I guess, fundamentally, what I was asking is, is it is the pursuit of ending racism even worthwhile? Like, is it worth our time as Black people? Is it worth the emotional labour? Is it worth the time... Is it worth the very little like return on investment that we're getting? Because I don't think we ever will get. But maybe I'm also just like really cynical. How are I you going to be yeah, such an like, idealist talking about everybody's inherently good, but should we bother ending racism? We don't have the range to to guide that decision. It's about resource, mm. education, assets, and knowing. You know, like even if yeah. you know, I can talk to a toddler all day about consent. And they might not understand it, but they'll know not to snatch some shit from another bitch the next time they go to the the, the park. You know what I mean? It's like, you may not fundamentally understand it, but your actions will change and they will be better. So I'm going to still be talking about this shit. I'm going to still be making people feel uncomfortable because it needs to happen. If people 
who don't have my lived experience could feel a fraction of what I did growing up just from existing. Like, I'm going to make that happen. I'm a spiteful ass bitch. Like, I'm not about, like, I went through it so you don't have to. No, I went through it and now we're going to talk okay, about it. Okay, what I'm saying is, yeah. What I'm saying is I think the benefit of talking about race is for us as people of color to vent. I think it's really good, like, therapeutic and cathartic, which is why I say, like, intention is important mm -hmm. to consider when we're, like, discussing race. Because if I think we're going in, like, I need to tell every white person who tests me, I just think that's not a good way of resourcing our energies and intelligence. Because I don't think, like, that's ultimately consequential. Well, I think the fundamental issue is that we, this goes back to our our spirituality episode i think the fundamental issue is that we still don't believe or we've deluded ourselves into thinking that we're separate from each other so like all other issues stem from that so i think like it's good to go with that knowledge and intention when we start like trying to tackle the race thing but i think like when the majority of the world doesn't even identify as spiritual we can't even get to the topic of we're all one we're all the same because that'll never be a reality for the majority of the world like they will never see that perspective See, that's how i feel so it's like use I, the yeah, tools we I, have I agree we're all you. different we all like we're all gonna be discriminated against let's share that narrative so they'll know because i'm not trying to end racism i'm trying to govern how people engage with me that's mm. two separate things. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, do yeah, whatever you want yeah. in private. But when you're around me, you will not say the N-word if you're not a black person. You're not going to fuck around yeah. and try and do this Ebonic shit. Don't use these black emojis if you're not black. Like, all these things. I don't care what you do in your own time with other people. But for my quality of life, don't do them around me. And I'm that's my that. right. I'm you know what I mean? Shit. And if you can't fuck yeah. with it, then fuck off. <laughs> like, it's simple. I'm with, I'm with that speaking of like speaking of like that type of responsibility do you think like white people are responsible for what their ancestors did to us no why you mean not responsible like what do you mean by that let's talk about reparation like reparations is is an mm -hmm. example so when the conversation of like let's get our land yeah. back the especially like in south africa the conversation of like let's get our land back the response is always, no, 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 it's my great, great grandparents who took your mm -hmm. land. I'm not responsible, fam. That's not on me. Right. Like, to what extent are white people responsible for what their ancestors did to us? Do you know mm. what I mean? I feel but like what that's, can they that's actually a conversation do, though, we've been avoiding for too long. I, I think that, like, it's not a universal conversation because there's there's the South African mm. leg, there's the indigenous conversation happening right now in uh, Australia. Yeah, and we, we're still, like, like, we're not new. even ready for Our that discussion yet because fresh. we can't even get by whether or not people can wear braids or not. Like, nobody's giving land back <laughs> to anyone. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? If, the, if a I'm basic educated person land. can't talk about whether or not I can wear this or do this, then we're not giving, nobody's giving back land. Like we're not no like seriously though, Boba. Like the, like people we're don't have there. the range to have these discussions. It's so idealistic. And for me, I think the average person is a dummy. I'm sure the average person doesn't even know what reparations is, let alone whether like, oh, like whether yeah. that will be like you know. I guess like we're seeing it in. in I now see like where we're diverging. We're seeing it like in the same way, but just opposite. Yeah. So I I'm think seeing in a in a micro. You're dumb. seeing macro. Yeah, so I'm thinking people are way too dumb to understand 
cultural appropriation let's start with reparations yeah. which is and crazy she- to me and i'm saying people are too dumb to understand reparations let's start small with appropriation no because but i think both of these conversations have to do with fundamental responsibility i think it's really hard for a white person to see how like a hairstyle can like inform just like inform like oppression and like culture and how privilege intersects with all of that but i think land is so tangible and three-dimensional that it's like if we start with like a literal like you can see how this action has impacted these people in this way let's fix it now i feel like that's a really good starting point to like let's fix how we treat human beings like that are but i also you, think with that you know? argument right like can we be blamed for what our ancestors have done right so people are saying mm. i don't want to be blamed for like what my ancestors have done so giving land back won't seem like a big radical act because it's so far removed from their lived experience but the reason why the conversation is so difficult now because everyone's like well why do i need to change why why me and it's like well let's start with you because if you can't acknowledge yeah. why your ancestors need I, to do something different then you, you. Can, yeah like I don't think I don't think giving like not generally, but I think the symbolic act of giving land back would be really impactful for people of color and indigenous people, but not for white people. Like then I don't think the average white person is going to feel like, oh, my God, finally, like the burden is off me. No, (laughs) I think. okay, I do think white people struggle with a lot of white guilt. And I think a lot of them, they feel like guilty because of what their ancestors did. Or they're just walking on eggshells because they're scared they're about to, like, offend someone or, like, do some wild shit that's going to make them a racist. Because ultimately, a lot of people are more scared of being called a racist than of actually being racist. Mm -hmm. And, like, that also informs a lot of, like, white guilt. So I think one of the very first steps that we need to take into account when we're, like, dealing with racism is how do we deal with like the monster of like white guilt? Because I think it's a barrier to understanding. Mm, I don't know. I don't. I don't think the average white person is facing white guilt only because of the example you made before <laughs> really? of like yeah. Just think of the example. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. We yeah. made before about how you like let's say you are not thinking about how to make life more you know how to make roads or life more accessible for disabled people because it's not your lived experience like you you don't feel guilty for yeah. that bobo like you don't fundamentally i don't but i didn't cause Ex- that whereas white people know that they but it's this. like benefiting from capitalism you didn't cause it but you still benefit from it it's like that like you didn't cause the inaccessibility but you directly yeah. benefit from the accessibility therefore do you really feel guilty you don't so i don't think the average white person or whoever's like uh, or descendants from colonizers history don't feel yeah literally guilty i think they feel they fear fearful of being called out mm. or like a bit ashamed of not being educated on it so they can't defend themselves but guilty no fuck we need a white person on this show i think if 
guilt is that. such a good motivator and you like you know what a, like you know what guilt looks like like that's when we get white saviors yeah. like when people have gone to those those um developing countries with a little speech i'm going to save in like that's what white guilt is not somebody who's scared of getting called out for maybe wanting to wear you know um a kippah or a chung sum like that's not the same thing mm. i don't know i just think the conversation mm. of white guilt is one that it's like one of those frequently misused terms because guilt by definition, really? yeah, because guilt by definition is like, hold on, because like when I when I went on psychology today, I was like, this is not the guilt that people think they're feeling. Hold on. So guilt yeah, is really the fact of having now. committed or spe- specified implied offense or crime, like misconduct, like that's liability. That's not what people are feeling right now. Like you're feeling a little bit bad. I don't think guilt is like what's happening or what's popping through. As I can say, really? it will, like literally, like do you actually think about all the other marginalized communities outside of your own Bobo and tell me if you really feel guilty for having privileges they don't. It doesn't come in... Yeah, but I think that that's a false equivalency. As Like, the way that, like, white people have to engage us every day. Like, the way White people don't have to engage us every day. That's not true. White people do not have to engage black people every day. They really do. They do not. like Trump. But your average white person... They do not. I guess, okay, this is also geographic. I don't think... Actually, I think we're both right. Because I don't think the average, like, white person in Paris... Maybe not Paris. Anywhere. The white person in, like, Switzerland has any white guilt. Legitimately. Like, if you have white guilt. But South African whites, Proper white guilt is because of your proximity to blackness. Now, blackness is, like, quite, like, geographically homogenous, generally. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of black people in one black area. When you get people like me who exist in white spaces, the people around me aren't feeling guilty. They're looking at me as a privileged person and being like, well, (laughs) she made it out okay. Do you call your white friends out when they are out of line? I don't talk to my white friends about race too much anymore. I don't like it. Yeah, same. I just don't think... Well, I literally only have like two or three white I friends. I think it, it always, it's like a, a bell curve. Like if you can imagine a hill, so it goes up and it comes down. As the hill yeah. goes up, it's like, oh, understanding, understanding. We get understanding. Oh, we're like breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. And then it crashes and burns because they can't sort of contextualize <laughs> it outside of this interaction. So yeah. you might be able to acknowledge how I might experience microaggressions, but not how an indigenous person may experience that or an Asian person might experience that or a South American person might experience that. It's just really yeah. one dimensional. And I also think it gets back to the point where it's like, if I'm, having, if I'm having a conversation with a white person about race, it's about them trying to prove they're an ally or trying to convince me they're not racist. It's like, I know, That's it's chill. Wild. Like, you don't yeah. need to remind me. Like, go, and I, I feel like when generally white people need to talk to white people about racism <laughs> like yeah, talk to I your agree. peers i also because agree. like because i'm not i'm not doing it yeah so. it's like what can I'm i doing or it. talk to it like there's this um uh this instagram i follow her name is pickpocket party um and this girl and she's not black and she's been speaking to her audience about 
microaggressions and why people can't say the n-word and she was like i've said this i've had this conversation for two days and i'm already exhausted i do not understand how people don't understand why it's they cannot say these words or cannot behave in that way and that's what i'm talking about like it's up to non-black people or like it's up to people outside of the actual race to discuss racism or any of these things or conversations. Because it also won't be received from us. Exactly. I can tell you all day why something's racist and it won't click until someone who's like-minded to you says it and you get it and that's fine. Yeah. But it's also like this kind of like, what is it like the mammy thing? Hold on, let me Google it because people get it. Um, The mammy thing. I was reading this idea, like, when people look to, like, black women especially, to lead and guide them on conversations about race and racism, it's kind of like you want this person to be aggressive enough to make it hit, but also nurturing enough that you don't feel offended, but also intelligent enough that it's, like, they're smart enough to articulate it, but also, like, they've got to relate to me. Like, all these things we need to be for you to get it. Or you can just do your Googles and do it yourself. (laughs) Like... I'm still learning. Not I'm, you know, I have to battle my own prejudices for other races, you know, or other sexes or whatever it might be. Like that's constant work. I'm not going to men. Yeah. How can I be a better ally to you? I'm just doing the work and making sure that I'm calling out everybody else, so I'm not man bashing all the time. Like, why don't you do mm. the same? People just don't be. They, they just, just say don't you don't care people. and keep it pushing. <laughs> <laughs> just say. It's this performative thing. Like, how do I be better for you? Like, it's not even about me, though. <laughs> yeah. Be better generally. Yeah. On the topic, though, I want to get yeah. back into this idea of, like, reverse racism and white privilege. Because I had a girl message me um, recently and said, you know, I, I want to... She said, um... Uh, 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 how did she word it something to the effect of you know why should we why are black people always telling us that we're privileged when we're not like why why do black people always think that white- i've already left the chat <laughs> why do black like, people already always left. think that we have it better than them it's really hard to be called because racist bitch. so and i want to be fair also because i think the conversation about privilege is also really nuanced and i think we should need to talk about like whiteness versus white like people who happen to be white and benefit from whiteness versus white supremacists. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're like, I'm not, right. so when we say you have white privilege, that's not a bad thing. I have black privilege. I have yeah. pretty privilege. I'm not saying I you're have, the part of the yeah. KKK. Exactly. So I want to talk quickly and clarify what I mean by, or what everybody generally means by white, white privilege. privilege. So if you look at the history of the world, White people have always been in a position of power, influence, affluence. They've had resources, they've had, they've had assets, and they've had the ability to govern the world, essentially. Everywhere. Yeah. If it wasn't a place they, they genuinely came from, they would colonize it, take it, enslave the indigenous owners, and become, you know, the top of the food chain. So historically, white people have always been on top or regarded as being on top, powerful, everything right that manifests today as the idea that white people still have that privilege of being not the top of the food chain not the best but neutral so when you look at a white person you're always assuming not bad neutrality neutrality. so it's like actually not bad but usually usually good. good or neutral 
So when you see a white person, you're not assuming the stereotypes of whiteness aren't the connotations or the stereotypes of whiteness aren't inherently bad. They're just neutral or good. That goes not just into people, but things like white, pure, white as the color. It's pure. It's clean. It's without filth. Just generally what people consider to be neutral or skin tone is of your complexion, white people. Nude underwear, your complexion, beige makeup, skin tone crayons, your complexion. So everything about whiteness, not about being white, but being, being like, uh, like not about being like a white person, but the color, the context, everything about white is generally good. When you look at black, black is seen as dark, evil, scary. It's used to hide certain um, things. It's used that it's not a neutral generally. I'm not talking about fashion people where you wear it to look edgy or cool, but look at the way the connotation of black. If something is black, Mm -hmm. it's, it's got, has got filth in it. It could be a bit dirty. You know, it's those connotations that have, that have followed blackness everywhere. Nobody says blackness and thinks chill, light, happy, warm, chill. It's always got a more negative connotation to the point where blackness is generally negative. Not good, not neutral, negative. So when we say you have white privilege, I'm not talking just white people. I'm talking people of light skin, people of proximity to whiteness. When you have white right. privilege... Whiteness has an institution. Exactly. Whiteness is invisible. You can't see the privilege you yeah. have because it's inherent. It's in your DNA. It's also People the equilibrium. the best. Nobody's looking at you and... It's exactly. So when you have white privilege, it's not saying that you yourself in your particular lived experience is privileged. I'm not saying that you are rich or you are educated. I'm just saying that in any situation you go to, you'll be held in higher regard than anybody else in the entire world because Mm. everybody sees themselves in you. You, there's a reason why white people feel not, no, the reason why whiteness has infiltrated all these other cultures, because generally whiteness has established itself as greater than or the top. So even if you want to shake that in any which way you can, you can be the grubbiest bitch in the whole world, the most uneducated, and you will still benefit from white privilege because people are comfortable with whiteness. There is no, there is literally no place in the entire world where white people won't be regarded as Nowhere. better than. Because no someone place. tried, someone not tried in to prison, use the example not in, of like as, trying to justify why reverse racism exists, and they were like, okay, but if I, a white mm-hmm. person, go to Ghana, and the president of Ghana mm-hmm. oppresses me, like he's racist towards me, and it's like, no. Mm-hmm. Still doesn't work that way because white supremacy Mm -hmm. still reigns supreme in a black space like Ghana. Like, it is literally pervasive. Like, literally. Colonized by the British, You could go to any African country (laughs) and any black person who's like, hey, you little cracker. Like, that, the gravitas of that versus a white person calling a black person nigger it's just incomparable it will always be a false equivalency not the same like people love to try and deny the power dynamics that are inherent in racism and it's like no one can convince me that black people can be racist like you just can't there's no argument there Mm. as a black person who can benefit from white supremacy do you think you're complicit 
in perpetrating racism by continuing to benefit from whiteness. Example. No. Okay. Why not? Why am I though? Like the the opposite of benefit, like just because I benefit yeah. doesn't mean I'm complicit because I actively make sure conversation about the fucked nature of my industry. Right. Well, no, the argument is that so a lot of people will say men benefit just because you're not actively a misogynist, you benefiting mm-hmm. off of my oppression makes you complicit. And so I now wonder if that is the same for me as like a person that can opt in and out of certain parts and certain aspects of whiteness. Am I complicit? And there are also people who will tell me shit. Well, this is people who will tell me shit like you lean way too far into whiteness. You do white shit like go to ballet and like go to the (laughs) opera, et cetera, et cetera. And like, you know, that because of who you are, you your genre of blackness can get access into those white spaces therefore you're complicit in perpetuating white supremacy and that's actually a very common argument i mean if that's someone's argument then stay in that lane like how hurt do you need to be it's the same way that i can acknowledge that you can be white and benefit from white supremacy and not be a racist you know what i mean like Like, simple math let me allow myself the same, like, the same privilege. Yeah. Fuck out of here. <laughs> and, like, I get it. But by nature, that kind of thinking is so segreg- segregative. And I also think it's very limiting. It's incredible how many, like, Black people will opt out of opportunities or, like, spaces or just ways to expand themselves just because something is white. And it's like, that does you more harm than good because why would you close off, close yourself off to the world just because you, you've you decided to fit yourself into a box that is not even real. Like, it's a social construct. And so I just think, like, even as Black people, it's incredible. It's, like, really important to not confuse limitations for self-preservation. Like, you're not... It's not self-preservation to be like, I'm not going to do ballet because that's some white shit. Like that is you limiting your very short lived experience on this planet and we're all gonna die i can't deal with that and but also that kind of thinking would be maybe i'd be closer to that thinking if i had the privilege of growing up in a predominantly black space so i'd be hyper aware what it feels like to not exist in one you know what Mm. i mean like if you grew up in a very black area every like the white people were the minority you went to a black school you had a black supermarket and all these things where black people were people you were seeing. Of course, you'd be hyper aware when you were in white spaces. When I talk about white spaces, I mean spaces where my blackness is critiqued Mm. or not allowed to flourish. I don't mean physically only white people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't think a lot of people listening will clock that. So it's good that Mm. we make this differentiation now. Yeah, like when, yeah, so white spaces aren't like, Oh, it's only white people in this room. That's fucked up. Like, white people are my people. <laughs> you like, know you're going to get dragged for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Drag me. Um, <laughs> but I let think me claim. we both are yeah. after this. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? Like, my closest friends in the whole wide world are white. What do you yeah. mean? I've got a white family. So this is not a... I'm not talking physical white spaces. Am I talking about white... When I say white people, 
I'm talking about whiteness as I described, yeah. like this the institution that, of whiteness. The institution of whiteness, not physically. You've got white skin, therefore you are a problem to yeah. me. No, 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 no. And if if up until this point that's what you've been thinking, do not get I a twist. I guarantee you, so many people have been thinking that. But also, it's, it's yeah. the same logic of like, no, I don't date white people because white people. And I just, I, I just will never. I, but I wonder sometimes, like, as much as I'll never fuck with that, like, line of thinking, I wonder if that's our privilege jumping out. Do you know what I mean? Probably, but I've never, de- I've never denied having privilege. I lean into. Yeah. That. I don't want to see the. Um, I don't want to see all the injustice in the world. Like, fuck <laughs> that. I'm happy with the bit I see and the rest I'm, like, happy to have blinders to, you know? I don't want to be hurt all day. Yeah, for what? Yeah, I mean, like, for you, what? once the floodgates open, you can become a magnet to pain. I don't want to be, like, through, full of pain and suffering just so I can say I experience yeah. it. No, thank you. Um, But I did want to talk about... uh. Should we talk about white supremacy or microaggressions? Ooh. So about white supremacy. Yeah. So this is another one that people get funny about because they're kind of like, what do you mean? I'm just white. Like, I don't, like, I'm not one of these people. So when we talk about white supremacy, white privilege, white guilt, there needs to be a distinction because those three are Absolutely. very separate things, but they Absolutely. do intersect. Now, white supremacy, as we mentioned, is overt. It's when you really believe and you are happy to acknowledge that white people are the superior race. So that's like the KKK, white people using the N-word, or even non-black people using the N-word, making deliberate racist jokes, you know, swastikas, not the Buddhist kind, the Nazi (laughs) kind, burning crosses, lynching, hate crimes. This is overt white yeah. supremacy. This is like your your uppercase title caps racist. Like we're scared of those and we don't want them. And most of us aren't those yeah. people. So when when someone says you're racist, people think of this. The That's not just yeah. the extent of racism. Now, that is overt white supremacy. And I want to talk about covert white supremacy. The kind of stuff that is as harmful but is more socially acceptable because people have made it as such. I'm talking when people make English-only initiatives, fearing people of colour, um, being a self-appointed white ally, mm. believing that we're all post-racial and racism doesn't exist, tokenism, denying racism, claiming reverse racism. It's just a joke, being colourblind, being a white saviour, like going into developing countries and saying that because I'm white and I come from affluence, I can make your life better. Babes, wow. they're okay. <laughs> like, just because, you know, just because something differs from your lived experience doesn't make it better oh or worse, God, you know? Hiring discrimination, like not you know, hiring someone because you perceive them to be smarter because of their ethnicity or not hiring someone because you perceive them to be dumber because of their ethnicity. Our Eurocentric curriculum, the fact that we know so much about, you know, quote unquote, white history, but not anything else. All of this is covert white supremacy. All of this sort of encourages the amplification of this white not white people, but this generically white narrative yeah. that we all need to fall into and opting out of it feels radical. And it feels like we're almost segregating ourselves. But it's re- yeah. So if I said I wasn't going to speak in English anymore, it would be perceived as I'm trying to distance myself from society. Well, no, I'd be distancing myself from whiteness. Do you know what I mean? If I said that I was... Um, if I was uh, denying... If I was leaning into tokenism, right... If I was like, okay, I understand that I've got to be like the best black girl ever. I've got to like be articulate. Don't be too yeah, sassy. Like, me. don't get angry now. That uh, 
a pick me wanting to be picked that mean i'd be leaning into white supremacism because the alternative is amplifying generic blackness and that would be a lot be in contrast to what's great and normal which is whiteness So it's important that you understand that when we say you benefit from white privilege, it means that generally you can covertly operate in structures that promote white supremacy, as we all do. We go to schools with Eurocentric curriculums. Like, there's a reason why you can tell everybody about fucking Captain Cook and, you know, Christopher Columbus, but we don't know shit about our indigenous communities. Mm. Like, we all have benefited from covert white supremacy. That's the thing. Now that we know that, what do we do? Okay, we lean into cultures. We try to understand lived experiences. It's not to say that we all stop because, like, then, like, what happens to us? Like, some of us don't even have careers or lives We don't if we opt out of white right. supremacy, you know what I mean? Let's be real. But it's like, knowing what you know, how will you move forward? Well, I like... So there, that is white supremacy. I like that when you <laughs> talked about performative activism and, like, mm-hmm. being a white saviour, I think the question a lot of people, a lot of white people would like to know is, how can I be a better white person? And I don't even <laughs> know if there's such a thing... The way my face is just frowning, like, (laughs) what do you mean? The question is, how do you be a better person? All the same principles apply. Yeah, I just think do good things, quote unquote, be be kind, listen to experiences, don't denounce experiences that don't mirror yours. Like, all these things, like, how to be a good person is the same um, book as how to be a good black person, a good Asian person, a good white person, a good alien. Like all these things exist in the same book. Wow, that was really profound. I mean, it's all there. It's all the same thing. It's like I don't see. This reminds me of a conversation I had with a friend of mine about she she found it really difficult to use um, non-binary and trans pronouns like they. She was like, it's so bizarre that they've co-opted a word that means many to describe one. Like, it's so confusing to me. And I'm like, it's really telling to me how when we're talking about the way someone feels, when we're talking about how a person feels as they want to be addressed. How do I word this? Yeah. When we're talking about how a singular person wants to be addressed, they don't feel marginalized. You center yourself. This is hard for me. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Why do I have to change? This is how I feel about these questions. Like, how do I be a better white person? It's not about you. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm saying. I don't think there's such a thing. Like, you know, it's it's like, it's just how to be a better person generally. If we all start being better. If If you're asking how to be a better white person, it's too late. The bus has left. (laughs) It's just not a thing. Like, you're still there, fam. And because I guess the conversation about racism in particularly to black people is trending and topical. Everybody's concerned about how to make us feel better. Worry about intersecting your goodness generally. Like worry about disabled people. Worry about like uh, the queer community. Worry about like fucking whoever else is out here struggling. Like worry about everyone. Because like once you you feel like you've done enough worrying for black people... the you know you've left everyone else <laughs> you've left everybody else out and now you gotta like do some ec- like then you'll start feeling guilty that's when the guilt will set see, in see i think the question so, of like how can i be a better white person is the same question as did you come and oof. no like it really is because <laughs> yeah. when a guy asks you did you come after he's been fingering you raw for 45 minutes <laughs> Is it for his ego? Not even hitting the J spot. Didn't even hit the J spot. You would have clocked wow. that I've been dry 
as the Sahara wow. for 45 wow. minutes if you cared about my climax. But you care <laughs> about my climax stroking your ego. So the question Oof. of did I come, it's too late because now I'm Oof. going to my vibrator fam. <laughs> like I'm going to like so she's marching white people ask me how can I be a better white person I just leave the group chat I leave the group chat and yeah. I, I've just astral projected I've left the intention is cute like I don't think you're a bad yeah, person yeah I think it's that. really thoughtful I just think you're a nigga asking did I make you come and like that's that and also that. it's it's kind of like realistically <laughs> like i'm just i get it i get it but like the same way to learn how to do anything is simple ask Google. right but also i'm gonna answer the question earnestly just because i know people are kind of like well what am i meant to do <laughs> how to be a better ally to any community is to go to that community look listen when they're sharing their experience listen when they're using terms you don't understand google them <laughs> When they're like, when they're sharing experiences that you could never fathom, believe them. Then go and cross reference with someone else from that community. Go and watch their stories because you might not have access to people of different communities in real life. So use the internet. Go to someone's Twitter. Look at their lived experience. Look at their rants. Look at what they're doing and then cross reference with other experiences. Then when you feel comfortable and secure in what you've learned, go to your white friends and your white family members and be like, hey, don't you think it's really funny how black people still feel like kind of funny about braids? Wow. And then they'll be like, why? What do you mean? Well, I thought it was really interesting that I learned today that like generally when black people have been wearing braids in their spaces, they've been perceived negatively. Did you know that? And they'd be like, well, damn, I didn't even know that. Do you have an example? Oh, great. Well, I was on Flex's Instagram and she was telling me how when she was a child, people used to look at her and say that she looked like a sheep because her hair was fluffy. Wow. Isn't that funny that she would go through that like as a child? Oh, and then like when she was an adult, so people would tell her that she... Milano is what you're, yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Do all that shit. You know, that's how you be a good person. Listen, make sure you are considered and you try to gather experiences. Don't go to your one, your one ethnic friend, your one queer friend, your one this. The internet exists for a reason. Wow. You can stalk social media profiles all day. So do it. (laughs) Or just say you don't want to and keep pushing. Just say you don't care. Just say you don't. That's also also, like white people. It's okay to also not care. Mm. Because like. Not everyone can There's care. so much to care There's about. So much, the world yeah. is dying. Go like, care about, like, you know, finding a base for us to go to space. Yeah, like, mental health is real. You know like, I mean? there, are, I get there are a yeah. ton of things that like you need to focus on. So if you don't make it to, like, intersectional anything, yeah. then, like, you know, I don't get it, but also do yeah. you. Yeah, like, don't, you know, don't perform for us. Like, we're good. We're oh. good over here for us. Oh, babes. No, 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 no. Because really, and, like, I don't know if I've made this statement, but like if you are generally like, I don't want to say white, if you're just a non-black person, I'm not going to be an educator on black experiences just because I've been in that position where I've said something and you've taken it too far (laughs) or you've performed understanding for my own sake or you haven't understand and you've angered me. (laughs) I don't want to be an educator anymore. So if you are in my DMs talking about race, 
If it's about how you're an ally, I don't care. If it's about how you're not racist, I don't care. If it's about how you're educating other white people, that's sick. But let's talk about other things. Wow. Let's talk about critical thinking. Because just with the race thing, it's always more work for me than pleisure. And <laughs> I'm about I'm a leisurely ass bitch. I'm a lady of leisure. I don't do like two things that she said are I'm too a lady hard. Of and that is a conversation. You really were a queen in your life. Too hard. Life. Absolutely. Don't come to me with extra work. I don't do a nine to five purely. So I don't need to like do this stuff. I don't need to like do this cute, cute, like, oh my God, I just want to be polite. No, nah, don't want to talk about it. Don't want to talk wow. about it. Well, on that note, so the final verdict, uh, was integration a good idea? <laughs> what do you think? I'm so problematic. Um, you really I'm are. absolutely the worst. Oh my god, wait. I think we need to part one and part two this because there's so much we haven't Honestly. talked about. Okay, we'll just keep talking and then Boba will make some magic in part one and part there two. Go. All right, y'all. Um, head over to Boba and Flex on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Music to listen to part two. We're clocking out. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.